2 Timothy 1.5, if you have your Bibles, let's, let's head on over there together. 2 Timothy 1.5, let me give you some context, some backstory. Timothy is a young leader. He is um, pastoring one of the earliest megachurches that we see in history. And he was a friend, a travel companion of the Apostle Paul, great friends. And 2 Timothy is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul from a Roman prison cell. And it was sent to Timothy, his friend, because he was missing his friend and he wanted to send some encouragement. So we pick it up, 2 Timothy 1, 5. It says this, I remember your genuine faith. For you shared the same faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. You see that, that image of legacy, that same faith that was in your mum and your grandmother, it continues in you. Uh, Paul, I miss that genuine, Paul saying, I miss that genuine faith. And no, notice that it doesn't just say your faith, but it says your genuine faith. That word genuine, Ge genuine literally de is defined as this. It means faithfulness and loyalty to keeping your obligations consistently big or small. So that's the day in, day out. That's the commitment to the same. And faith, that word faith, the context really is talking about his life of faith. It's not just about miracles, but it's talking about the, his life of faith. So let me give you the Daryl translation. Let, 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 let's summarize this in a Daryl way. What Paul's basically saying in this, in this verse, in this letter, he's saying, bro, I miss your faithfulness and loyalty in keeping your obligations in your life as a believer. You got it from your mama and she got it from her mama. That's basically what Paul's saying to her. Your faithfulness and loyalty, the day in, day out, the mundane, the, the routines of life, the way you did that inspired me. Um, any, any gym fans out there? Let me know in the chat if you're a gym fan, if you're a gym goer. See, I love going to the gym. But there is one evil machine um, and it's called Jacob's Ladder. Let me know if you've ever used Jacob's Ladder before. Jacob's Ladder is this, it's this ladder. Um, it's kind of cool because it's like biblical reference, right? It's like this, this ladder that's, that's on an angle and you, you put this waistband on and what you have to do is you have to climb the ladder. And every time you, you pull down on, on, you know, on a piece of the ladder as you, as you crawl up the ladder, it just keeps on moving and then more runs on the ladder come and it's all controlled by your waistband. So the faster you go, the quicker the runs go. And so you're basically not going anywhere. You're just kind of moving uh, and you go fast, but you're just kind of continuing quickly uh, on this Jacob's ladder. And look, I remember the first time I ever used it, I was so frustrated, so frustrated because I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. It's that like I'm doing the same thing over and over and over and over, but I'm just not going anywhere. But then I got off Jacob's ladder and I could not even stand up. So even though I was doing the same thing over and over again, Monday, boring, somehow I was exhausted and I was feeling that pain from doing the same thing. I was feeling, uh, you know, some, some, some kind of growth from doing the same thing over and over again. And I've come to the realization that some of the greatest results can be produced from the least exciting of things. Here's an encouragement. <laughs> can be produced from the least of exciting things. And if you look at Timothy's life, uh, Timothy goes to pastor, as I said, a very large church. 
uh, in Ephesus. He's helping thousands of people who are poor, who are widows, who are orphans. And even though the odds looked like they were stacked against him, because he was a teenager growing up in ancient Greece, which was known for its violence and over-sexualization, Christians were not liked. His dad wasn't a believer, so his dad wasn't a person of faith. But somehow, Timothy made it. He made it and he transformed his whole society. Paul wanted him when he was in prison. What a miracle. What was one of the key contributing factors to the fruit in Timothy's life and the fruit of his ministry where it was his genuine faith. Genuine. His faithfulness and loyalty to the big and small obligations. It was that Jacob's ladder. It was the runs on the ladder, the day in day out life of faith that he learnt from his mum, shout out to all the mums, and she learnt from her mum, shout out to all the grandmas, let me know if you're one of those in the chat, show me this, that when we feel like life is mundane, it's ordinary, it's the same, I'm doing a job that I don't know if I want to do this forever or if I actually like it or I'm parenting, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again, I prep, I pray, I wipe, and repeat, even in the middle of all of these things, a miracle can come from the mundane. A miracle can come from the mundane. You know, it's easy to look at our ordinary and, and kind of consider it a prison sentence. Uh, it's boring without considering, considering that the ordinary is the stuff that extraordinary is made from. Just look at the life of Jesus. Let's take a minute and look at the life of Jesus. For the most part, Jesus lived an ordinary life. His life was very ordinary. He, he wasn't afraid of normal. Isaiah 53 2 says, He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty. Isn't that interesting? He had no beauty. That's something you want on that recorded, somebody saying about you. Or majesty, majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. But people would walk past him in the street. He was that kind of guy. Um... He was a Jewish kid who had temple routines. Uh, he had to study Luke 2.52, which I think you heard last week from Garth. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and favor with man. He had to learn and grow. He then took on his dad's occupation. He became a laborer. He was a carpenter. He had to learn those skills and develop those skills mundanely like we had to. When the table leg was too short, he had to chop it again. He had to go again. He had to be consistent. And on top of that, he was born in Nazareth. And I've shared about Nazareth before. Nazareth wasn't a popular place. It wasn't an easy place to live. Um, but this is how God walked the earth for 33 years, showing us a couple of things. First one, he loves us that much that God would walk through that boring 30 years for us, but equally proving that he exercised genuine faith too. Faithfulness and loyalty to keeping obligations consistently big or small. In his life, he lived in the ordinary longer than he lived in the extraordinary. 33 years, 30 years of living, three years of the miraculous. So his 30 years of ordinary prepared him and the people around him for three years of extraordinary. And I want to encourage you that with God, there's movement happening in the mundane. Things that we can't see. If, if we think that God's too big for our mundane, 
then we're thinking too small of his plans. We're thinking too small of his plans for us. God is more involved than we know and is big enough to turn our menial tasks into something meaningful. Is that encouraging today? Let me know if that's encouraging for you where you are in your life. Colossians 3.23 says this, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. See, God is magnified when we're faithful to the ministry of the mundane. When we give ourselves over to the process, there's a miracle in the mundane, but it depends what you do with your mundane. And we see this in action, John 2, and this is the final place we're going to land and park today. John 2, this is actually Jesus' first miracle. The first miracle that we see Jesus perform as he's coming out of that mundane, <laughs> the mundane 30 years of life. As he launches out into his ministry, the first miracle that he performs was at a wedding. Let me know if any, I know there's some weddings coming up. Let me know if you've been to a wedding, if you've got a wedding that's coming up. But this was a wedding in Canaan and this 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 wedding um, they know how to party and Mary Jesus's mother was invited to this wedding and by custom invited her son Jesus and as Jesus does you know as you do you bring your plus one so he brought some of his friends his his disciples with him but no one at this point knew that he was God no one at this point knew he was who he said he was and the wedding runs out of wine they were out of Shiraz and so his mum says, Jesus, you've got to do something. Isn't that fun? That the mum says that Mary, his mum says, you know, you've got to perform this first miracle. Come out, come out of hiding to make some wine. Make sure the wine is flowing for this party. And in John 2, 5, he says, his mother said to the servants, so these are the servants at the wedding. These are the wedding staff. These are the people at the venue who are freaking out because they've ran out of wine. It says, do whatever he tells you to do. As I said, this is the wedding stuff. And they now need to look at this random man that they've never met before and get some instructions. And this is the instructions that Jesus then gives them. In, in, in verse 6, it says, Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification. So this was like the jars are there. They would clean their hands as part of the routine when they'd enter the building, before they would eat and when they would leave. Each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Now Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. Notice that, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water now became wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called to the bridegroom and said, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is incredible. Jesus turns water into wine and the staff, notice, are just doing their jobs. That's, that's all they're doing. They're doing the same thing that they would have done consistently over and over again is to fill those jars up, to fill them up, do the same thing. This wasn't a, a random request. That's why it wasn't strange. It wouldn't have been a strange request. The strangest thing would have been that a strange guy has given them orders. But it's the same thing. He didn't tell them to do something out of the ordinary. He didn't tell them to turn the, uh, the water into wine. He just said, fill up the six jars. 
whilst Jesus performed the miracle. And see, in our lives, Jesus, Jesus, let me say it again, Jesus turns the water into wine. We just have to be faithful to keep filling the jars. And that's the encouragement. So we just have to keep filling the jars, keep filling the jars in our lives, keep filling the jars our day to day. What we do, the things that we may seem as mundane, the things that we may think are just the average, the normal. God, when are you going to do something? Keep filling the jars. But here's the challenge. How are you filling the jars? Like, how are you actually doing it? Is it you're filling the jars in your life? It's like, I really can't be bothered. I really don't want to be here. I really don't want to do this. Do I have to do this thing? I have to wipe another bum. I don't want to wipe another bum. Really, I have to. I have to do. I have to show up for work again. They're telling me I have to go back to the office now. Restrictions are off. I have to. I have to go. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And suddenly, I'm frustrated. I'm still here. How am I still here? How am I still doing this same thing? But notice, notice Jesus's request to the start. In, in what we read, John two seven, he said, "Fill the jars with water." That was it. He said, fill the jars with water. So six jars. Let me just throw a little something in there because I love, I love the Bible, as you know. Six jars. There's six jars. In biblical numerology, six is the number of man. It's the number of effort. It's the number of our contribution. So Jesus says, fill the jars. Six of them. They step up. Now, this is their time to shine. This is their contribution. This is their moment and what was their response to remember Jesus's instruction just to fill the jars the Bible says they filled it to the brim so they didn't just fill the jars they filled the jars to the brim it talks of their expectation it talks of them doing it to the best to the max to all that they could do see have you ever thought of the thought about it like this that God allowed the amount of wine to be determined by the servants who were doing the mundane this miracle is huge. And they were just doing the same thing they would always do. And God partners with us. So it's not just about how, how much we're filling the jars with in our lives, but it's, it's how we're filling the jars. Because that speaks of expectation and God writes us into the story of miracles. Miracles that happen in our world, in our lives, in our families, in our homes, in our workplaces as we continue doing the mundane but keep pouring but don't just keep pouring keep pouring to the brim fill to the brim how I raise my kids I want to fill to the brim I want to fill to the brim how I show up to work I want to fill to the brim because I want God to then turn that jar that I filled up into wine into a miracle so keep pour in regardless of if you think it's not having huge value it's not doing something that you want to stick at and just keep pouring you may not feel appreciated keep pouring because a miracle can come from the mundane a miracle can come from the mundane and i really wanted today i don't know i just really felt it myself i wanted to honor every mother i know it's not mother's day i think you need more than a day i want to honor every mother because you're going to notice in this scripture for timothy it was that genuine faith the, dis the display that was shown to timothy of being faithful of filling jars that then 
transferred into his life and saw thousands of people, even now millions of people today as we read scripture impacted. That was because of a mother's faith. It's saying here with Mary, Mary actually changed everything at that wedding. It wasn't just because Jesus performed a miracle. Mary was in the story, a mother who spoke to her son. I want to encourage every mother, keep going, keep pouring. You matter. You are making a difference. And every time you pour, Every time you pour, God performs miracles. I am a product of a mother who was pouring jars consistently, doing the mundane. And I am the product of genuine faith. So I want to encourage you to keep going. So come on, let's give some clap hands for every mother. Let's shout out some mums in the chat today. I want to give you all honour because you are doing an incredible job wherever you are. And Jesus believes that too. I have no doubt about that. But this is who Jesus is. This, this is what he does, is that he takes things that are ordinary and he transforms them into things that are extraordinary. And today, wherever you're watching from, I'd love to pray for you. I want to pray for you to have some resilience. I want to pray for you to have some genuine faith revelation that this is a big, this, what I'm doing today, what I'm holding in my hands, this is a big deal because God can use it to perform a miracle. There's a miracle on the Monday. So I want to pray for you. If you feel that life right now, it's feeling a bit monotonous. It's the same old. I've got questions. I'm not where I want to be. I just want you to lift your hands up and I want to pray for you wherever you're watching from. So Father, I pray for every person who's saying, I want to see a miracle in the mundane. I don't want to do the normal. I want to see God perform a miracle. And I pray that you would give some some passion Lord I pray that you would give them some resilience Lord God I pray that you would give them purpose Father that they will continue to pour continue to pour Lord and they will see miracles at the end of that God I pray for every parent I pray that you would give them Lord all the tools that they need to keep pouring Lord I pray for every business person every entrepreneur I pray that they will have the energy to keep pouring Father I pray for every student Lord that they will be filled with the confidence that they can keep pouring and one day a miracle will come from the mundane lord i pray that we would be a church that is known for being consistent genuine faith-filled people who are consistent and committed to the obligations big or small day in day out in jesus name i pray amen and still praying today if you're watching and maybe you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about who can transform things that are one way into something completely different, something incredible. And Jesus is God himself. And he is amazing because he, he walks with us. That He's close to us. He's not distant. He's not a far God. He's a close God. And he's a personal God. And he would love to know you. He'd love to be in relationship with you. And I believe I am here today preaching this message, sharing this message today so that I could let you know just how loved you are by God. And God wants to be in relationship with you. So if you're watching today and you're saying, Daryl, I want to know this God. I want to be in relationship with him. It's very simple. We're just going to pray this prayer together. And I want you to pray it after me. And it's no magic prayer. There's no magic potion. But really what this prayer says is that you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm in. I'm ready. I'm willing. God, I want to follow you. So if that's you, you're saying, I want to follow. Just pray. Close your eyes and pray this with me. Say, Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Amen.